I did a bunch of testing to see what was the least echoey, and it turns out when Carrie's face is like when I'm devouring my microphone, <laughs> that's the answer, and I hate it. So now we yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think mine is good. I think every week I like move it differently. Yeah, I need to like you know how you tape down like tape your figure drawing model. I need to yeah. tape down my you know my classy microphone stand, which is still. A free priority mailbox on top of my desk. I but I'm st- good. I, I still have, like, the three books that I, like, commandeered for this month. Okay, ago. but what books are they? We've never discussed this. It is a The Art of Pixar. Nice. The Art of Monsters, Inc. And Ooh. Fantasy Bas- Fantasy Sports. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam Bosma's Fantasy Basketball. Yeah. Great book. Great comic. Feels it's beautiful. Feels thematically also- appropriate. Also wide enough to fit the mic <laughs> and my um, book stand. Oh, so beautiful, <laughs> beautiful and perfect in every way, in physical form as well as content. I'm very glad. Um, welcome to the <laughs> Club. We just read book 15, The Escape. Which was a Marco book. Marco. I know. Marco, my heart goes out to you. Like, I knew this book was going to be rough. Between last book being like candy, yep, and remembering that there's something with the shark and Marco's mom, <laughs> so I knew, <laughs> I knew something was up, but I I remembered very little from this book. That's so. about what I had retained was bad mind control, like really unpleasant oh. for everyone involved, and also Marco's mom, and also sharks. I I think I only remembered the very very end and i think i also what a what a brutal choice to remember i'm sorry i think i also like i spent the whole book trying to remember if she for real died in this book or not because i was like Mm. i think she just is gone at the end which is not really what happens um but i can't remember if she pops up in future books so well i don't want to i don't want to spoil that for you then yeah. so we'll no no out. comment but yeah the ending is a little bit ambiguous um and it also heartbreakingly so i think for marco because he's so convinced that the ambiguity of it is coming from rachel wanting to protect him uh, marco i spent like the entire book just like marco <laughs> No! Oh, every every Animorph is our precious child. Oh, yeah. This is a book where I especially just wanted to, like, delegate someone to give this boy a hug. Yeah. Or, like, Marco, talk about your feelings. Oh, talk about your problems, like, please. I understand wanting to pretend you don't have feelings <laughs> and just have some goofs, but, buddy, you buddy, need to you talk got, to your You clearly friend. got some feelings. Yeah, that really, that cut me to the quick, the whole through line of how desperately he doesn't feel like he can reveal that he's ever struggling because his yeah. friends are drawing on him as a source of support. And like, you know, I think everybody fights with that to some degree. I, I certainly do. Um, and I just, I want to tell him, like, think about, think about how good it feels to help your friends. Like, don't you, don't you know that they would feel that yeah. way for you too? Yeah, especially with, like, Jake, like, he, like, Marco in a lot of the book, like, keeps, like, saying how, like, Jake is, like, his best friend, and Jake is really there for him in this book, but he's only there for him as much as he can be, given that Marco isn't telling him a lot of, like, what's going on with him, so Uh. I'm just like, Jake's right there, dude! (laughs) He's, like, the closest to any of your friends who will understand what you're going through, like, it's okay to be, like, upset to him, like, he understands Uh, you! He understands so well, right, he has... 
he has a controlled family member. Also, as Marco literally says, like, they're pretty much married. Like, they know each yes! other very, very well. And Jake I is such that. a good, supportive, like, sonsbend in this he's book. A... I was very proud of him. He's such a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was actually really glad this book was, like, about their friendship, because I think we haven't gotten to see them be, like, best buds for a yeah. while. Because it's been everybody else having issues, so, like... They've just been like, oh, yeah, they're friends. And this one was like, no, they're there for each other. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's such a close close and careful friendship. Or a careful meaning like they take care of each other, not yeah. like tippy-toeing around each other. But like <laughs> they really have each other's best interests at heart. Or in this book, I think we see that more like Jake cares deeply about Marco. But the fact that Marco's yeah. even willing to talk to Jake about it at all says a lot. Yeah. My other oh. my other favorite relationship in this book is the background, like, Rachel and Tobias. Just, like, <laughs> there are so many instances where, like, as a throwaway line, they're like, yeah, and Rachel, like, Tobias just rides on Rachel's shoulder all the time. Or, like, Tobias <laughs> is always concerned about what Rachel's up to. There's uh, a point where he's, like, a little wet bird boy, and they're, like, oh. under, they're, like, in a place with a bunch of water, and he's sitting on her head. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias goes through some times in oh, this book, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like this in the is background. Not a great book for Tobias, either. Actually, yeah, this may be the most dangerous book in a while for everyone involved. Like from the last book, which, as you said, was candy, was cotton yeah. candy, it was fluff I and circus it, times yeah. and park adventures, where no one is even really threatened. We go into a whole bunch of near-death experiences on a whole bunch of different levels. Um, so really a fraught book for everyone on several levels. I did, I kind of liked that Marco explicitly said a couple times that, like, Marco has a bad time in this book, and there's a couple times where he mentions that Tobias was also upset. Oh, yeah! And he was happy about that because he wasn't the only one who's upset or something. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, at least Marco understands. Like, there's, like, other points where Marco is kind of being a jerk because he's going through a lot of things and he can't, he doesn't feel like he can talk about it. In which he kind of, like, in the narration is like, yeah, maybe I was acting out because I was upset. No big deal. And I was like, at least you know, I guess. At least right. you understand why you're doing this. He's very, very self-aware. Um, and he, yeah, I did enjoy hearing him say, like, yeah, misery, misery loves company. Like, I was glad yeah. Tobias was right there in the thick of it with me, suffering badly. I was torn on if... Um, like, because on the one hand, I was like, I really like that he's very articulate about what he's feeling, because I feel like that gives a, a character, especially a character who's supposed to be, like, a kid, like, or a teen, like, it gives him a lot of, like, maturity that I feel yeah. like some authors wouldn't give a character who's even an older teenager, like, they'd be like, no, they're a kid, they don't understand what's going on. But on the other hand, I was like, this might partly be so the reader can understand what's happening. <laughs> so it's <laughs> There's not no just, subtlety. Like, it's not just Harry Potter's very bad, no good, terrible, horrible, very bad year. Oh my god, yeah, that <laughs> book where, like, once you're older, you realize that, oh yeah, he's 14, that's why he's yelling, right. and his, like, only happiness just went away when his godfather died. Mm -hmm. That's why he's been yelling for a whole book. Right. But, um... But yeah, because I think you might be right, and because it's aimed at younger readers, like, you don't, when you're eight, I certainly, I feel like I missed I so much have. of the emotional content of these books when I was a wee baby, um, reading them. Um, yeah. Even with things explicitly stated, but... Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting, like, emotional intelligence, empathy teaching tool, too, yeah. to, like, read through someone else kind of going through this um, this process of self-insight, of self-awareness. 
okay. So So let's let's talk about this book. So this book starts with um like their little like beginning adventure is they go to the new mega mall, which the fact that it's a new mall never really comes up again. I thought that might be like a yerk front. But, you know, <laughs> it's just the new mega mall has an Amazon cafe opening. Um which Which is maybe... very clearly a rainforest cafe, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm very sad now that I've never, I never went to a Rainforest Cafe when they were still around. I don't think they're still around anymore. I, I also don't think that, but I don't know if they're actually out of business or they're just no longer in my sphere of places yeah. that I might go on a, like a weekend. Um, I grew like, up I, in like the Hudson Valley and I think there was one, I've been to one at least once. So I think there must've been <laughs> one at like the Westchester or the big mall out there. Yeah. But all I remember from it is the fake thunderstorm like they're <laughs> flashing lights and like rain on the rain on the bad palm trees that are like yep. all a little sickly like framing the sides of the restaurant don't remember parrots not sure how no, factual that I is what did your believe... research turn up yeah well okay my research is literally just googling rainforest cafe and finding a video from two years ago on youtube of someone just I think it was a promo video of Rainforest oh. Cafe. So there was, like, no, there were definitely no live animals, which, okay. like, as we were reading this book, I was like, I don't think, and I don't think any eatery um, in a mall could afford to bring in and feed any kind of animal. <laughs> um, but given a world where that could happen. Sure. Given, I, given a world where dogs are aliens, Meg, like anything is possible. Oh, uh, dog boy came back. So, at the Amazon Cafe, um, Cassie apparently, I like this is a Cassie plan. Yeah. Cassie um, is upset that the Amazon Cafe has live parrots trapped there talking to the guests. So, she got all the animorphs together to go to the mall, and they end up morphing parrots and pranking everyone. Yes. So, she she went to Marco for help with this plan, which is, I think, very clear once you realize how goofy (laughs) their actual plan is going to be. I love I like the heck how out of it. It's so doofy. Like they yeah. they just turn into parrots, and like Marco's like parrots are so smart, which they are. They're very smart, and they just they just say rude things. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, well, ninety percent of them say rude things, and then Cassie's in the background like squawk. We should be flying free in our natural yeah. habitat, which is yeah. the most Cassie thing I've <laughs> ever heard, and I love it. It's so it's so cute, um. and oh. Other things I loved about this startup adventure, Tobias gets to go along now that he has yeah. a people morph. So Tobias and Axe both do their their human morphs, and they just have, like, a quiet background date hanging out <laughs> at a table and, like, laughing along as all the other four animorphs, like, scream insults about people <laughs> and about the food. Um, also, Axe gets a piece of pizza from yeah. somewhere? <laughs> from from somewhere. So, snacks alert, like, probably trash pizza. Like, yeah. where, where well, did you pick that up, my dear sweet boy? See, I hadn't even considered the trash aspect, so I was like, oh, he, like, I guess he bought some pizza at the food court and do brought you it think, over. Do you but think then, he bought some pizza? Let's consider. Well, then, then in the narration, Marco goes, I hoped it wasn't from the trash. <laughs> like that, and I was like, oh, you're right. Oh, you're so right, buddy. Yep. Ooh, that's trash pizza. But, I mean, what does Axe know? He probably can morph germs out or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so this goes on. It's amazing. They're, like, squawking, and <laughs> Tobias and Axe are just kind of there because I guess they're spotting them. Yeah. Um, and apparently Eric the Chi comes up, and he sort of watches the end of this prank, 
and then he waits till it's over, and then he grabs Jake and Marco and pulls them over for a little little sidecar to talk to them, sidebar, sidecar, about sidecar, something, sidecar, sidebar, and he pulls them over to talk about um, something, some, like, intelligence he has. Do you remember if the Chi, I was trying to come up with um, whether the Chi come up only in Marco books, because they've kind of established that mm. Marco is the one who has this connection with Eric. Um, not really relevant to this one, more of, like, an overarching structure question. Yeah. I don't know. Me neither. Also really sad that the Chi and the Pimalites weren't on that beautiful alien poster. Oh I my really, goodness. really could have used like a dog alien on there to balance <laughs> out everybody else. Yeah, Carrie found a terrifying well, I I kinda loved it, but it was also a little terrifying. Aliens of the Animorphs. That was poster. that was pretty <laughs> innocuous. Yeah. yeah Lyra, it was weird seeing the Lyrans after reading the description of them in the book. I don't think they quite matched up with what I had in mind. I don't think I even realized that that's what it was. Well, we did kind of we did kind of get a little sidetracked into Andalite, yeah. Andalite questions. I'll I'll put that poster up in the Facebook group and yeah. maybe, maybe screen cap some of our better tweets about Visser <laughs> and Andalites in general. We went down a rabbit hole. Um a dark <laughs> dark nipply rabbit hole. Oof. Okay. So so Eric watches this prank, pulls them aside. He has, like, a little hologram he pops up so he can talk to them privately, which is very handy. Yeah. Which so actually for- ends up being useful because there's a hologram later in the book. Um, so, so he, from the outside, it looks like it's just three security guards having a chat, but inside, uh, Eric brings up a rather fraught topic right off the bat, um, which is that the cheese intelligence is that, uh, well, the intelligence which they have found is that Visser yeah. 1 is coming back to Earth. Um, which is not great news for Marco, and I was I was glad that it was just Jake and Marco having this yeah. conversation, um, because then we didn't have to have, um, like, Marco didn't have, we just got the information without Marco hiding it yet. Right. Um, which is pretty, mom, pretty thoughtful of Eric. I was glad that he was that conscious of how concerned Marco is about it, because he kind of steps on, steps in it a little bit. Yeah. Um, talking to Jake about Marco. So along with delivering this information, Eric is really clearly concerned that Mark, like, is Marco going to be able to handle this? Um, so he straight up asks Marco, like, are you fine with this? And Marco's yeah. like, sure, sure, of course I'm fine. Um, but he keeps pushing him um, and eventually turns to Jake to ask, like, hey, is your buddy going to be okay? Um, and at that point, Marco is so mad that he just walks, turns and walks yeah. right out of the hologram, like nearly oh. into a passing woman who's like, kid just teleported out of a security guard. Okay. <laughs> no big. Uh, two things I did like about this sequence. One, um, inside the hologram, Eric is a dog boy. Yes. Like he didn't Good. bother keeping yep. up the human boy, which I liked. And I like that he like laughs when Marco makes a joke. Yeah. With his little oh, dog that was mouth. cute. Um, and the second part was that Marco refers to Jake as his, as being married to him. Yes. <laughs> he's like, yes. I don't keep any secrets from Jake because we have a good marriage or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, It's maybe. like, com- communication is a key to a happy marriage or something yeah. along those lines. It's like, I'm so glad you recognize this also. <laughs> it's very important. Um, yeah, but that's a bad time because Marco is already upset about people constantly being like, Marco, are you okay? Marco, are you doing Okay. Because um, he doesn't want anyone to know he has feelings, basically. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, <laughs> Poor boy. that's this book's big thing, is no feelings for Marco. Marco is a shark. This is also where he starts, like, uh, pontificating a little bit about 
how he subscribes to the comedy equals tragedy plus distance theory. Yeah. Which also <laughs> means that, like, he's using the comedy as a way to create distance between himself and, one, his feelings, and two, the actual events that precipitated them. Um, so, yeah. like, his mom's death slash not death. Um, which is super harsh and hard and a really rough way to look at the world, but, like, I also get where he's coming from when his world is so upended and burning down around him. Like, what else can you do? It's a pretty, pretty decent coping mechanism, I guess, for now. One would, I hope so, because I feel like that's how I react to, like, horrible situations. So I was like, I feel you, Marco, but you need to talk to your friends! Right, right, that's that's the important point, is, yes, it's okay, but you have to, you still have to talk about it. Like, it's fine (laughs) to do this. It's helpful, like, Take care of yourself however you got to, but, like, don't just, don't just lock it up. Buddy, buddy, Buddy. friend. Um, Oh, so the other part of the information that Eric gives them is that the Yurks apparently have been trying to get the Lyran, which are an alien race, to be a new thing for them to control. Um, And Eric's like, I don't really know what they're doing with that, but there's some kind of, like, water thing, so maybe you should see if they're there at this, like, it's it's a base or something. Uh, Yeah, like a fancy private island was the impression I got. Yeah. There's something going on at this private island um, that the Lyran are involved in somehow, and Eric doesn't really know, and he's like, hey guys, you should go check it out. That's your mission. I wonder if maybe Um, they can't do it because they're not waterproof. Yeah, well, they're little robot dogs. They can't swim. Yeah, they'd probably sink right to the bottom of the ocean. And that would just, imagine, like, imagine Eric trapped at the bottom of the ocean, just, like, hanging out forever. That's very sad. I don't like it. Um, So the other thing about Lyrians is that they are psychic, but, like, super-duper psychic. Like, telepathic (laughs) senders and receivers. So if they're within, uh, they don't know how close they have to be to do this, but they can, like, they can read your thoughts. Um, and they don't, they don't get deeply into this, but it's, it's pretty clear that this would kind of be the end of the Animorphs, because if they yeah. get a Lyran controller, all they have to do is, like, Visser Three's new bodyguard is a Lyran, yeah. like, immediately the second, like, a tiger shows up, Visser Three's like, oh, that's a beautiful animal, and he's like, hey, bud, that's actually a human. Oh, well, <laughs> it was a nice run. Uh, I do like that we find this out, because they ask Axe, like, the scene shifts to the oh, yeah. later that day, and they ask Axe, and Axe sounds embarrassed about it, because he's like, oh, um, I, I, I kind of know what a Lyran is, like, here's some factoids, but I've never met one, and they're like, why? And he's like, um, <laughs> they're psychic, so you're not supposed to go near them, because Andalites don't like that they're psychic. <laughs> it's embarrassing, they might know things. <laughs> They might find out our secrets, like, buddy, buddy. Oh, One, you're buddy. also psychic. Two, like, this Andalite, like, can't share technology, can't share information thing is pretty rough, huh? Not great for the <laughs> galaxy. Oh, Axe. Especially since he's the Andalite who, like, was yelling in thought speak about his superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fang and hoof! <laughs> uh, so, hoof yeah, so... Hoof and tail. Hoofing and hoof. Hoof and tail. Same thing. Foot and mouth. Uh, hoof and mouth? Foot and Which mouth. one is the disease? Hoof and mouth. There we go. Um, so we find out that they're, like, amphibious. Yeah. Um, so theoretically... They're psychic frogs. Yeah, so theoretically the Yorks could have a bunch of psychic frog guys underwater, which would be bad. Yeah. For a brief um, moment before we found out what they actually look like, my mental image was just, like, frog from Chrono Trigger just, like, hopping around and being friendly. But no, they're not that cute, unfortunately. No. I definitely, like, chose to imagine them as giant frog people yep. instead of yeah. what they're actually yep. described That was a as. deliberate choice, and I stand by it. 
Um, I edited that in my mind. Good. Um, I, I like I, Marco also has a conversation with um, with Axe about his theory about irony gods. Oh yeah, he's like <laughs> oh of course the one of us who least wants people to know how he's feeling and thinking has this like mission involving things that know how they feel and think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes on about the irony gods wait to find out whatever it is you don't want, and they do it to you. Mm-hmm. Nax comes back with, this is funny, Marco. <laughs> if it were happening to someone else, it would be hysterical. Oh, which is a Max. great encapsulation of his worldview right there. And when you think about it, the irony gods are really Kay Applegate, right. her <laughs> husband, and Scholastic. Yes. <laughs> the entire writing team. Oh, well, that's great, right? Like, you want to put your characters in terrible, interesting situations. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's never cheating to use a coincidence to put them in a bad sitch, only to get them out. So, things go from bad to worse. Um, so they all decide we should go over to this island, swim around, see what we can see. Yeah, Marco's um, explicitly, I think he doesn't even tell them that Visser 1 is there for now. Nope. Like, they definitely don't, one, they definitely don't know that she's his mom, two, they don't even know that Visser 1 is present on this island. So they know about the Lyrans, that's the reason that they're all given for scoping it out. So, um, they're like, yeah, we should go look it out. Um, Tobias does not have a shark or a dolphin morph. Um, and Tobias is understandably nervous about acquiring a dolphin and mm-hmm. also about swimming because he's a bird boy being in water that like, like the whole book I was like, if something goes wrong, Tobias can't swim if right. he morphs out. So you guys have to like figure this out guys. Cause he's a bird. Like, <laughs> look out for him. He needs to get him just like, you remember when he had that cute little bird luggage, just get him some little floaty wings, <laughs> like a tiny <laughs> pair of birdie water wings and it'll be fine. Well, this like infant, um, neck. Yes, Hello the pillows, things? the stabilizing things. But I think um, I, I got the impression that on top of that, he's also got, like, a water phobia. Yeah. Just from just, how nerve like, it doesn't just seem like a practical yeah. concern, but the way Cassie talks about how he's babbling and yeah, babbling and, like, like, talking around in circles about not wanting to acquire a dolphin, um, which it turns out is also a totally legit concern. That doesn't go great. Yeah. Um, he seems like he's funny, straight up scared of it. Which is funny because Marco was the one who was originally afraid of water. And yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, it makes sense that now he's kind of gotten over it between being able to morph stuff that can swim and um, knowing that his mom didn't actually drown. Right. Um, so it makes sense. But it was weird that there was no reference to it at all. <laughs> but I guess, don't worry about it. It's fine. So yeah. I, I guess we do get to see Tobias kind of turns out to be okay with water once yeah. he also gets a water-capable morph. So maybe that's just, like, that's yeah. the way, y'all. Like, don't do exposure and response prevention. Just morph into your problems and then you're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of this book actually is, like, being afraid of something and then facing it, possibly yeah. by literally morphing into it. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember when Rachel, like, literally attacked the embodiment of her worst fears and anxieties? There's sometimes when morphing is, like, a subtle way to emphasize the theme of the book, and sometimes it's just like, hey, here it is, beat it up, literally. now you're fine. Yeah. I spent a lot of this book thinking about how, like, remember when Rachel was, like, more afraid of alligators after morphing into one? In this book, it, it's the opposite. Marco seems to chill out a little bit. Not completely, but he's a little bit less afraid of sharks. Yeah. Um, once he gets a shark morph. Yes. Um, but we're not there yet. They they have to get Tobias a dolphin morph, and to do that, they all have to go to Ocean World. I think they go to the gardens just for this one. Or maybe it is Ocean World. You're totally right. It's like the offshoot of the gardens, whatever it's called. Yeah, so they all have to go on a field trip there, um, and on their way there, they fly as birds, and Marco 
is trying to pretend like nothing's wrong and mm-hmm. goes on a roller coaster as a seagull. This is my favorite thing. So yeah, they all morph, one, they all morph seagulls again, which I'm always in for. Um, yeah. Marco describes them as having a serious passion for garbage. So again, yeah. slap that on my business cards. Here we go. Um, I love that he's not just on the roller coaster. He like makes Jake, he eggs Jake on into jumping yeah. on this roller coaster with him. So both of them like latch on. Um, they ride this roller coaster, the kids in the front seat are like, whoa, birds, hey! It's like, okay, yeah, that is pretty strange, I would also comment on it. Um, and along with that, Marco uses this, uses this time, um, as a way to have a serious conversation with Jake, which reminded me so strongly of, like, wanting to wait until you're driving in a car with someone so you don't have to look at their face to have a hard conversation or like something that you're nervous about which I'm like the worst offender of yeah but this is turning (laughs) that up to 11 right because it's like you don't even have a people face we're just birds right now (laughs) yeah he does have like a really um anxious conversation where he's like Jake nothing has to change right I'm still me and I'm like oh my god something bad's gonna happen he's having that like conversation where you're like everything's gonna be fine we're gonna be happy forever nothing's gonna ever change I'm one day away from retirement like I have two beautiful children like yeah (laughs) Um, this was funny though because I think this book came out before the thing where Fabio was on a roller coaster and got hit in the face with a seagull (laughs) right um (laughs) I'm pretty sure this happened first, because I feel like I remember people reading, like, people were, like, startled that this happened before that. Um, <laughs> but that was a real thing that happened. Anyway. Yeah. So, so, so they yeah, have so this we... real conversation about, like, pity and identity and, like, the role you take on in a group. And they also just have a roller coaster ride, and Jake is like, Marco, yeah. it's fine. Like, you'll always be a punk to me, which Aww. is cute. So yeah. That I cheers them up a little friends. bit. They're such good friends. And then they go uh. to the dolphin pool. And this is, like, the worst thought out. Like, I <laughs> I like that midway through things going a little wrong with this attempt to get Tobias to acquire a dolphin, Cassie goes, is this a dumb idea? <laughs> like, midway in, um, they, they realize, they're like, hey, Tobias is a bird boy with bird claws. It might be hard for him to carefully touch a dolphin. <laughs> Oh, to gently <laughs> gently caress a dolphin, not really capable yeah. with those talons. But like, you're, you're already... right, she doesn't say this until he's already, like, mid-dive, yeah. mid-scream, like, <laughs> headed straight for a dolphin that's leaping out of the water. Uh, Which also, and, like, pretty cartoony, I would love to watch this. It's so good. I mean, I'm already nervous every time Tobias is, like, perched on Rachel because birds have, like... They're like, sharp. Yeah, like, yeah. you have to wear a glove when you're falconing or doing any yeah. kind of bird handling thing. Like, those, I mean, those claws are basically, like, little, like... They're little murder knives. They're little kebab thingies. Little skewers, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so he tries to grab the dolphin. And... I don't know, like, what was the plan? Like, you know it takes a second to acquire someone. Were you just gonna, yeah. like, lift the dolphin out of the water <laughs> on your tiny bird wings? And this is also, like, it's not after hours. This is, like, It's irregular... in the middle of a show, Yeah. Yeah, I I was so confused at what their, like, best-case scenario was. Because, <laughs> like, even as a human, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to go touch a dolphin, I guess maybe during, like, the touch part of the show, if they have that, where, like, they come up on the little slidey. So Rachel, Rachel just pulls Tobias out of her backpack and is like, hey, can my pet bird also touch a dolphin? Yeah, can my, my falcon Can my bird this? boyfriend also touch this, touch this slippery thing? 
so so he he flies down. He well not flies. He uh pounces. Yeah, he like he dives in for the kill. Yeah. Um, and gets like he grips the dolphin like the rubbery dolphin skin, and like it's like Ugh. stuck, like a little like a little cork in a cork board <laughs> gets stuck, and then the dolphin understandably. Because I think he grabs it when the dolphin is jumping out of the water, which yep. is a terrible idea. So he grabs it, and then they just both go down in the water. <laughs> and, and the dolphin all... continues to do, like, its flips and tricks. The dolphin's <laughs> just like, cool, bonus for the show. Now I have a riding partner. Look at my little bird jockey. So and the dolphin's all... continuing to be underwater. <laughs> Everyone all is screaming animals... at Tobias. All the animorphs, like, don't do anything, because yep. they're, like, too, too shocked. Yeah. And then, and then, like, Marco is first, like, joking, like, you should just, like, hold, hold your breath, breath, Tobias! Um, which the whole time, like, Tobias could die! What are you doing? <laughs> but then Marco does the, like, he, like, flips and suddenly is, like, like, okay, I'll just go dive in. So he, like, dives in to go save Tobias as a seagull, because they're all still seagulls. Right. Um, so he, like, goes in and, like, hits the dolphin with his little bird body. I think, and... I think he careens straight into Tobias and like <laughs> it's Marco running into Tobias so in the worst bird day ever first yeah. of all a hawk gets stuck in a dolphin then a seagull rams into the hawk <laughs> like as a casual observer what the heck is happening and so that like knocks it. Tobias free and, and I like that they describe the dolphin trainers nearby as being very upset I'm like yeah, yeah of course and and like <laughs> There's a line where Cassie's just like, oh, it looks like the abrasions will be fine if they just put some gel on it. It'll all be okay. Don't right. worry. Like, the do- don't worry about the dolphin as you're drowning, Tobias. The dolphin will be fine. Again, I mean, some good background lines for Cassie this book. Although during this whole sequence, I was like, that dolphin is in trouble. <laughs> I was I was thankful for Cassie team mom going, it's yeah. okay, reader. The dolphin will be fine. <laughs> Oh, which is which is a sharp contrast to the security guards who just straight up are probably killed <laughs> off screen later. So animorphs, no animals harmed in the making of this book, but wow, there are a lot of off screen deaths. These books are basically about like adults who are doing their job, <laughs> getting in trouble because they report what they actually saw. Yep, which is aliens. Yep. <laughs> Like, this this happens again in this book, and it happened in the book before this. It happened before where, like, at, one, at some point there's a security guard who sees an Andalite, and he's talking to the news, and he's like, hey, I saw a blue deer guy. I don't know what's going on, but he was in there after hours. And, of course, everyone's like, he's drunk. Maybe he should get fired. He seems like a bad guy. They get fired, and obviously he's going to get either controlled or killed. So, yep. bad times for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> So the moral of the story is, if you're an adult, always lie about aliens. Yeah, say what seems reasonable and weasel your way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... So they get out of this particular predicament okay. Like, they survive. Uh, Tobias is a little bedraggled yeah. and a little drowned, probably. Yeah. They fly away. Also, I guess what makes the whole, like, what kind of impacts... Marco later on in the book is that Tobias was saying the dolphin didn't really calm down while being acquired oh, the yeah. way they hoped it would. So later on in the book, Marco is concerned that this will happen with the next thing he acquires, which is a shark. Um, but that doesn't happen yet. So Tobias has a dolphin. They all have aquatic morphs. Um, and they... 
I think they fly straight out to the island from here. Or maybe I might have read it wrong, but I, I got concerned for them while reading because my impression yeah, was they, they, definitely they went go out. straight onto the island. Like, oh, no break, no demorphing. They're just like, all right, that went great. Let's keep going on our great momentum. Except it is the opposite of that. That was a terrible acquisition. <laughs> like, this my book brain... also, worse acquisitions, like, than any other book. Oh, like, yeah. it goes so badly. Bad times. My my brain shut down partly because I couldn't fathom them immediately going yeah. on a mission, but also because I looked down at my notes and saw Dolphin Rodeo, which is <laughs> what Marco, and then also Let's Get Fishical, which oh, yeah. is Marco's first of two or three, like, fake songs I think, that he comes up with. I think we with. have to start tracking these, right? Because yeah. in the last book, he, it was She's Got Legs, now it's Let's Get Physical. <laughs> um, so... We need to start keeping track of Marco's clever song parodies. So they morph dolphins, and we do get the beautiful image of Marco as a dolphin boy. Yes, as a merman for a hot second. Yeah, because he he goes like, "Hey guys, I'm a mermaid," and then his like mouth is morphing as he's saying this. <laughs> so it like goes from like that's delightful to oh god, oh, no, stop. no, 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 no. Um, and he also describes dolphins as the original party animals, which <laughs> I like. Uh, and so, Axe so, is a shark. The rest of them are all happy dolphins. Um, Axe is also specifically the kind of shark that ripped Marco in half back in book four. Right, um, right. So, Marco I, spends a couple of paragraphs, like, trying to talk himself and his dolphin brain down. Yeah. Of, like, hey, I know you see a shark, but I promise it's just Axe. And yeah. then, in, like, the most heavy-handed foreshadowing I have ever seen, he's like... I'm just going to put sharks out of my mind because oh, they sure buddy. won't come up again in this book. I'm like, oh, buddy. There's, a, there's a shark on the cover, dude. Yeah, it's like, not going to go great for you. Buddy, you're turning into a shark on yeah. the cover of this book. It's not going to go <laughs> So, yeah. So, understandably, he's not, like, both him and the dolphin morph are not on board for yeah. this hanging out with a shark thing. Tobias is, doing a little, Tobias is doing a little better, though. Like, they yeah. have a brief interlude where they're all, like, playing and racing around the island. Yeah. And Tobias is like, okay. Okay, water's not so bad. I mean, I hate it, and, like, I can't be myself in it, but it's okay if you're a dolphin. Well, at least Tobias has a good time. Yeah. Oh, this um, is, I think this is where Tobias rides on Rachel's shoulder into the ocean before yeah. he starts morphing also, <laughs> which is very cute. So they're swimming around, and they get near, like, they're near this island, and um, they're swimming around, and eventually, of course, a bunch of hammerhead sharks show up. Great. Of course, and... Um, Axe is, like, Axe is the one who spots them, because he's, like, swimming on a different Z-axis point than they are. So he's like, hey, there's some big fish, and Jake's like, okay. And Marco's like, hey, Axe, my friend, tell me more about these strange fish. And he's like, well, they got a head that looks like a hammer, and Marco's like, no! No! No, this is trouble. And so they're kind of afraid the sharks might fight them, because they're, like, in a big group. Right. Um, but the sharks are acting a little weird. They're not. They're not acting like regular sharks. They're kind of not... They're scoping them out, but not really as prey, just kind of seeing what's going on. Um, and the sharks kind of chase them, but they, like, jump out of the water because they're dolphins, and the sharks kind of give up and then suddenly all turn and leave, which is not normal shark behavior, so no. the animorphs are concerned. Yeah, and the, Marco is, I think this is the point where Marco is the first to kind of turn and run, and he yeah. feels incredibly bad about it. This is a sharp contrast to, like, his normal MO is, you know, joking about being scared and joking yeah. about, like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die. But 
when it comes down to it, like, he's always rushing right in with the rest of them. So I think for him, it was really hard to think, like, my friends are going to see me, like, genuinely, truly afraid without, like, my humor defense in between me and the world. Oh, Marco. Mm-mm. And also, it's like he knows that Visser 1 is somewhere on this base, so he he wants to, like, he both is terrified of what he might see if he goes there and also really wants to see her. Um, so there's a point where all of the, the whole team is like, hey, do you want to come back another time? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Maybe we should hang back. And then Marco, because he is so conflicted, I think he wants to make up for running away, he wants to see his mom, he also is afraid of what he might see, he's like, hey, we should go dive down and see what else is down there. Ugh. <laughs> and I like that as soon as Rachel's like, yeah, let's do it, he's like, oh, I knew that was a bad <laughs> idea, because Rachel agreed with me. <laughs> um, so they do, they take one more dive before they head out, and they see what looks like a totally clear glass submarine, shaped like a stingray, like it sounded like a blade ship, honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's when they see the Lyran, um, which is not, not quite a cute giant frog. No. It does kind of have a bunch of tentacles instead of front legs and, like, a big flat head. And it doesn't sound as cute as I wanted it to be. I think it also had, like, a terrifying smile. Yes, like it, yes. Good detail. Has, creepy detail. Oh, yeah. And it has, like, four tentacles just hanging out on its torso. Just, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, all around? Which I was like, how... I don't like this. No. <laughs> Something about the description sometimes in this book is because you need, it's like, we need to have the description all up front so you understand what you're looking at. Sometimes it starts blending into, like, a, like, my immortal <laughs> description of Ebony's outfits. Yes. Like, I can't And from make... Hot Topic, I got the best new tentacle shirt today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't make heads or tails of this description, but you sure described everything right, somehow. Right, right. It's not, it's not a coherent picture like you have described every tree and in the process the forest has become a horrible nightmare (laughs) so there's a frog guy yeah Um, and there's also right next to the frog guy viscer one yeah of course of course um so marco is like he doesn't know how to feel and also the lyran kind of like turns and looks at them points and then like the ship goes um like hidey hole like hidden goes hidey hole hidden (laughs) <laughs> oh, because it's like the ship is basically under hologram. Yeah. Um, and they kind of swim. I guess they swim underneath the... I don't know how it works, but they swim Yeah, it's kind of a it. floating lab. It's it's something odd. It's like an, an, a floating lab where you enter from the bottom and like come up into an airlock, I think. Yeah. So they get down underneath it and like can echolocate enough to know it's there. And through dolphin magic, they find the they find the base. And this, I like that they, they had shown already, like, they showed Eric talking to them within a hologram. Yeah, so yeah, seeing so the that's established, ship, right. Yeah, so, it, like, it, it makes sense. Like, it's just not completely out of nowhere. Um, and also, it is something that Eric had been doing earlier in his book, but it never really came up again. Like, the Yerks hadn't been doing any kind of holograms, really, mm-hmm. that I recall offhand. So, so they're like, oh, there's the, the like, York base. We better go regroup and figure out what to do. Right. Like, how do we get in past these shark guards into the York yeah. base and figure out what's happening? So, so they, they leave. All go home. Yeah. Marco's Marco. still Marco's still really beating himself up. He's feeling terrible about the retreat. He feels like he can't share his feelings for reasons we've discussed earlier. And he's so way too young, way too young to deal yeah. with all of this much stuff. So he, he goes has, home, and his he dad... Do, yeah. He has to do a book report in Lord of the Rings. So yes, Gondor Industries, like, we got it. That was clearly deliberate. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, like, basically goes home and just is having... He can't focus on anything, because he's too... Like, he... 
I like the way they wrote it because it's like him trying to like flick between all the things he's supposed to be doing and like talking to his dad and stuff, but he keeps coming back to like not knowing how to feel about yeah. his mom being a controller. Um, so like he's like talking to his dad and stuff, and it's still like the the through line of the whole scene is like Marco having these like deep emotions about this, but not being able to say anything about it, and it sucks. Yeah, and like that felt like a very real reading to me of when you have something that big and overwhelming like it, it's gonna seep out into all the little things onto your to-do list until they all feel like that level of like they have been made into a mountain from their original molehill status yeah um and we also find out that, that marco has had a picture of his mom near his bed all this time and thinks a lot about like he has all these like fantasies about being able to save her and like what oh. he would do and it's so heartbreaking because even Marco knows that this isn't likely. Like, he says, like, you know, I have these these dreams about being able to, like, I'll get her, I'll keep her somewhere for three days, the Yurk will die, so she'll be my mom again, and I can talk to her. But, like, even within, like, the next paragraph, he's like, I know that won't work because they're gonna track down Visser 1, we'd have to go on the run, everything would be ruined. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that, but I want to, and... Like, you're, you're a kid, you're not supposed to have to deal with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's also... He's framing her not just as his mom, but as, like, a person he could talk to in this yeah. book where the rest of his arc is, like, I can't talk to anybody, I can't talk to anybody, like, the only Aww. person I could talk to is my mom. Um, not because she's, like, inherently better at it than his dad, but, like, in this fantasy in particular, like, he would know that he could trust her again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that, because there's a lot of, like, especially towards near the end of the book, he talks about how more than anything, he just wants to talk to her one yeah. more time, like, because there's so many things he never got to say to her, like, just, like, even just regular, like, day-to-day things, he's just like, right. I just want to have a talk with her again, and it's heartbreaking. Right, right, like, he's... once once they parse all the terrible things that have happened, then they can go back to their normal life. Yeah, like, he just wants to have, like, a regular, like, a normal... A mom com- chat. It's so yeah. sad. It's so sad. Um, the ending of this book wrecked me. I did tear yeah, up. I did not I got, actually cry. I got emotional at the end yeah. of this book, because it was, it was very real. Like, it was... Yeah. It wasn't, like, an overwrought, like, then I'll save my mother and everything. Yeah. No, it was, like, no, it was, like, a very real, like... When you, like, when someone's gone, you just want to have, like, that normal reaction. Like, you want to have that normal interaction. You want, like, that, like, little, like, day-to-day thing. And it's so sad. Just, Marco! Oh. <laughs> um, These so... kids, man. These kids. And also, Marco is, like, his dad comes to talk to him, and he and his dad's like, oh, hey, the game's on. You want to watch the game? And, like, Marco has this moment where he's saying, like, I... In, the, in his narration, he's saying, like, I sometimes suspect that my dad might be a controller because I didn't, like, it's possible I didn't realize my mom was one for a long time, so what if my dad is too, and I don't know, and should I trust him? But he still, like, he ends up watching the game with his dad after all, in case, I guess, but also because, like, he wants that moment of comfort of, like, well, maybe everything is okay. Right, right. I can't, I can't talk to you, but maybe I can at least have this. Maybe I can have, like, a couple of hours where you watch the game and just... I can pretend that things are normal. <sighs> so they go from that brief moment of respite straight into, gotta get a shark. That's going to be fun, huh? I love to acquire terrible predators. I love to go into dangerous places where there are controller security guards and nearly die. It's my favorite thing. Uh, um, yeah, because they the, the kids meet up. Um, Axe is saying he, I guess he pulled up a picture of shark anatomy. 
Um, and he's like, yeah. Cassie you're... helped him find one. They went on, like, Sharknet. They went on AOL keyword shark together to find this intel. They got out the, like, world encyclopedia and turned to shark and yeah. looked at the brain picture. And Axe is like, oh, Yerks can't use that brain. So they can't be controllers like in the last book. Oh my and then God. he looks at the audience oh. and winks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Turns, like, office turned to the camera and makes the Jim Halpert face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Cassie's like, oh, well, they weren't acting like regular sharks. Duh. So Yeah, I think Cassie even says at this point, like, could they be controlling them with an implant? And it's like, <laughs> Thanks, hon. Thanks for that like, heads up. What else? What else, guys? I yeah. mean, guys. <laughs> so um, they all decide, yeah, we should turn into hammerheads and swim down there. Um, oh, this is when they go to Ocean World. I think before it was the gardens. You're right. So... They they're all decide. they're all aquatic centers. I don't yeah. know. They blend together. It's all like one the, the animal place. It's a complex, yeah. It's some it's some park out in California. Um, but that's where they have sharks. They don't have sharks in the regular gardens. So they all I I like that uh, um Axe refers to like he doesn't really know what a Lyran looks like. He's like, Yeah, I'm assuming that that thing we saw was a Lyran. But I don't, I didn't look up Illyrian in the the Encyclopedia of Galactic Life Forms, I'm not sure. And I legitimately am not sure if he made that up or not. (laughs) Which, like, I love it as as both a real thing. Yeah, or or an axe joke, like a a quiet joke. Or just, like, genuinely he had that book and he never opened it. Because he was like, this isn't battle tactics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that cute girl this isn't is in that class. Science. Right, this isn't the big, this isn't drift ball straps. <laughs> I can't, I can't look at this. I can't waste time. Yeah, he put his little drift ball strats ebook oh in his god. lap instead. Oh my god. Oh, I want to know what a drift ball uniform looks like. I want to yeah. know, like, what the ball looks like. I want to know if it's played in zero gravity. I have so many questions about drift I mean, ball. Obviously, they're going to use their tails yeah. as, like... Like they, maybe you can only maybe tail. you can only touch the ball with your tail, but if you deflate it, like the other team wins automatically. So it's about like control with the flat of the blade. Yeah, it's definitely there's definitely like tai chi motions mm-hmm. that are like part of it's it's probably like you know in Legend of Korra that game, except probably oh the more. wind dancing the wind dancing with the the leaves. The, yeah, or the like the temple. or that sport that took up like four episodes. Oh like, yeah, to play it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but I would watch an entire drift ball series. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Give me the sports manga about drift ball, about Andalites trying their best. I want to read that so badly. Oh my, and then, and then, like, the Animorphs could be, like, an exchange team. Oh, yeah, no, I think, I think maybe they get, um... Like a Well, maybe they get kidnapped. Or, okay, that's nicer. I was thinking, like, they get kidnapped and they can't go home until they prove, like, that humans are worthy of respect on the drift ball. No, this is like an league. AU where everything's okay. Oh, okay, okay, great. Then I take it back. That's much better. It's like after they win the war and everyone's yeah. fine, they're like, well, what are we going to do now? Let's be driftball superstars. Yeah, and they have like a cultural exchange where they teach the Andalites about Earth friendship and food, mm-hmm. and the Andalites teach them about driftball. <laughs> driftball and the tastiest grasses. Maybe not a fair trade, but that's okay. Ooh, so much like Marco. <laughs> We were going on a happy tangent a because things tangent. get bad. Yeah. Um, so 
so yeah, this baby. Is, this is right from the start. I was genuinely spooked by the description of like uh, they all walk in. I think they're all human at this point, except for Axe, um, yeah. who's just like walking as an Andalite, and they're describing like walking into these dark fish tanks with like yeah, a single so security light flickering overhead, and they're all in Oof. deep shadow. I'm like. I can see this, and it terrifies me. Yeah. Like, I'm both scared of these kids, and I'm very scared for these kids. It's like a Nancy Drew, like, Yeah, like that, that cover, yeah. Are there murderers here? We don't know. Turns out there are wannabe murderers, for sure, but... <laughs> well, I... Yeah, one of, the, one of the fun new friends we meet in this book is a... Because um, they're, they're trying to get to the shark tank, and they're... I like that they're trying to figure out the logistics of how to acquire a shark. Right. Which I like that they're like, oh, should we just touch it? Like, we can't just touch it. So Rachel's, should... like, Rachel's like, we should just... Let's morph dolphins and beat the heck out of it until it passes out. And then we'll just acquire it while it's floating there. It's like, and then poor... Rachel! <laughs> poor Cassie's like, no, and I know it's a shark, but no, no! <laughs> oh, but even so while they're eventually like, we don't really have a better plan, so okay, I guess that's what we're going to do. So while the Scooby gang is trying to figure this out, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, like this, my, my like favorite character in the book, this random controller oh, man, this, shows yeah. up. Um, and it's like, it's like two security guards, and one of them is controller, because he shines his little flashlight, all the kids jump into the bushes, except for poor Axe, who's still an Andalite, he so he's yeah, kind of Maybe crying. can't jump, also? Like... <laughs> No, we know he can jump. Wait, we know he's the yeah. best jumper. He's we jumped he over leap. all of these kids. Well, I, I was definitely envisioning that he tried to get into a bush and his, like, beautiful horse butt oh, was sticking out. sticking out. out at the other end. Yeah, that's um, probably right. Because there, there are two security guards. One security guard is like, hey, what's that? And the second one is like, that's an Andalite. <laughs> 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 Which is, like, bad news. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he starts talking, and I thought he was Visser 1. Um, because he straight up knocks out the other security yeah. guard. Like, very, and then, very competent for a random controller. Yeah. Like, not a, not a stormtrooper level like they normally are. Yeah, this guy, like, had it together. And then he, he's, he, like, tries to get them and he starts, like, monologuing like these yeah. three. Like, he was oh. like, you fools! Andalite bandits! But then we find out he, he wants to capture them so he can become Visser 3's assistant. His new right-hand man, yeah. <laughs> the assistant to the regional Visser 3. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, he just, he, he really wants that promotion. He also, yeah, he's, one, he's, like, hero-worshipping and emulating the yeah. heck out of Visser 3. He's, like, a baby Visser 3. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Visser sub 3. Sub Visser. <laughs> and Axe is immediately like, hey, you know what happens to people who work closely with Visser 3, right? Yeah. Like, when he says heads will roll, he is not kidding. I saw him yeah. kill a horse, a beautiful creature, <laughs> just, like, beautiful straight horse. up slain. So, maybe not. Not a long-term promotion. You might not get to enjoy it for uh, as long as you expect. But unfortunately, this guy doesn't stick around because Marco distracts him, and then and then Tobias like flies at him with his little bird claws and probably like cuts his little eyeballs out or yep. something. Yep. Great. So he had a bad day too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe maybe a worse day than the Animorphs. Maybe every security guard here has a worse yeah. day than the Animorphs. All told. Like, controlled or not, like, I even feel bad for this year accused of doing his job. Right, trying right. To get but, like, promo- promotion. some things that could have happened to them and maybe did because two of them are missing at the end and we don't know. They could have just drowned. They could have been eaten by a shark. Or the oh. Yerks could have gotten them one way or another. Yeah. So, none this, of those are good outcomes. Because this plan only goes worse. Yes. Because so they, the they run out of there. Run. But they run into, like, you know, an underwater tunnel where you walk through yeah. and it's, like, clear and you can see the fish around you. And Axe is like, this is such an interesting <laughs> illusion. Marco's like, 
nah, buddy, it's real. <laughs> Axe follows up with, we are underwater, protected only by badly made human plastic. Why do you humans do things like this? This <laughs> is a good question. Like, yeah. it's a little, a little scary. I mean, I He's guess, right. you know, I get it. It's like, look at us. We're so tough. We have mastery over nature. Um, except two seconds later, the guards show up to surround them. Marco's like, you want to test how badly made this human plastic is? Everybody hold your breath. Oh, Axe no. collapses the tunnel around them, and they all nearly drown. Yeah. So, uh, that was a great plan, and the room floods. They all try to swim up. Mark gets separated from them somehow. Yeah. And, of course, a shark is following Marco around, because that's how things go for Marco. Yep. He's terrified of sharks, and things are going bad, so, of course, a shark finds him and just kind of, like, hangs out behind him Mm -hmm. as he tries to swim up into, like, an air vent where he can breathe to, like, figure out what to do next. And the shark kind of follows him, and Marco is like, I guess I have to acquire the shark, or else it will eat me. (laughs) So he, so he, like jumps from he the air drops, vent. He's like, right now, he's like pressure walked up the air vent. He's yeah. like bracing himself against the sides of it. So he lets go, drops butt first straight onto the shark. And like, <laughs> and then he hugs shark it. rodeo hugs it tightly. <laughs> he like hugs it up to the surface and acquires it. And he was like, okay, thankfully the shark actually did get calm when I was acquiring it. Unlike the dolphin. Um, and they float up to the surface like beautiful besties <laughs> hugging each other. And he... And he finds the Animorphs, and they all acquire the Hammerhead. It's all okay. Meanwhile, I'm thinking about all of the, like, like, random security guards and fish that are probably, like, drowning. Yep. Or... Drowning or dead. Opposite drowning. Um, So, yeah, the Animorphs did another terrible thing for their community. (laughs) 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 Um, And and we cut from that to a few days later, Marco has been having shark nightmares, which are kind of like foreshadowing <laughs> like where yeah. he's he's like a shark boy and he's doing something horrible and he can't figure out like he can't remember what the horrible thing he was doing was but he can hear a woman saying like don't help hurt me. me help me help me but then it turns into help him help him yeah. which is also like uh, marco <laughs> listen to your dream mom let somebody help you Marco, um, oh, and, and he then, got... then he has the worst idea. Well, first, right, he uh, he turned in his book report. He got a D on his like cobbled together five page report on Lord of the Rings. Um, if only he could just watch the movie. And yeah, just, like, <laughs> um, but this is before the movie. So yeah, so Marco is at the school pool, and he's been obsessing about morphing into a shark because he's afraid of sharks, but also kind of wants to be a shark because they don't have feelings. Yeah. So he goes to the school pool and starts like, to morph a like shark. Like, at the end of the day. This is not after hours. This is not, no. like, Marco sneaking back in to try out a morph. This is, like, he goes to the pool. Nobody happens to be there in the 30 seconds between, like, him walking in and him deciding to yeah. try this. Marco. Marco. And, like, even, he's even like, yeah, this is a bad idea, but if I didn't do it here, I'd do it in my bathtub at home. So, whatever. So he starts to morph a shark. And, of course, these two jerks come in. They're like, Marco Roni! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird insults from these kids whose names are Drake and Wu. Yeah. Um, and this is just, like, a page of weird ways to knock each other down a peg. Like, Marco's like, Drake had the IQ of cheese. And they call him Marco Roni. 
Um, Which so is Marco- such a good nickname. Yeah, yeah, like that's cute. That's kind of cute. With it. <laughs> they also refer to Jake as Big Jake, which I feel yeah. like we've heard people refer to him as before. Right. Like again, um, I need to draw him a little more buff. Yeah, apparently he's like a giant boy. Yeah, he's like um, a football kid. Football boy. Yeah. So yeah, so these jerks, these jerks are like. At first, I was like, oh, it's like you know the Power Rangers bullies, where they're kind of obnoxious, but they're not really. Except. But it takes a turn when Wu starts, like, making fun of Marco's dead mom, basically. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, is Drake, like, Drake was, like, kind of being like, hey, buddy, reel it in a minute. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a mom, don't mock his mom. And it's like, Wu is relentless. And I think Wu yeah. is the one who physically attacks him also. Yeah. So Meanwhile, meanwhile Marco, like, has a dorsal fin under the water and is, like, trying to hide that and keeping his mouth shut so they can't see his shark teeth and, like, I haven't seen Free, but, like, this is Free, right? This is what happens yeah. in that show. Yeah, okay. that's what that's what's going on with that shark boy in yeah. Free, right? Yeah, He's just partially morphed all the time. That makes so much more sense. I mean, I've only seen one episode of Free, but that seems plausible to me. <laughs> that's an actual shark boy. <laughs> so... Or the, there are just all secretly street sharks. Who knows? Sharks. Anything could happen in a world where Animorphs and Transformers exist in the same canon. Yeah, and this could also be the secret genesis of shark boy and lava girl except i can't remember what happens in that movie because i don't think i've seen it but I bet (laughs) (laughs) that's a good reason to not remember what happens in it but i bet taylor lautner as shark boy is basically marco (laughs) um so marco really wants to chomp them as a shark um thankfully staring he's staring at drake's throat he's like yeah oh yeah little sharky teeth together that throat stare was intense. Yeah. Was like, I could see the arteries yeah, beating like, in his neck. Whoa, buddy. Whoa, buddy. Um, thankfully, Jake shows up and is like, hey, Marco, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he sort of, like, diffuses the situation. And the bullies are kind of freaked out by Jake telling Marco to chill out when the bullies thought they were the ones who were going to do some beatdowns. Yeah, um, I think Marco straight up observes, like, bullies aren't used to hearing their victims acting like they're the ones with the power, which is, like, yeah. that's pretty thoughtful. That's, yeah, yeah. that's well-observed and reasoned. Marco's a smart boy. Yep. Um, so, Jake kind of talks him down and once again is like, hey, you can talk to me if you need to talk to someone, and Marco refuses again. Yeah. Um. And he's sort of saying, like, hey, we have to go on this mission, and maybe you should just sit it out if you're having this much trouble. Like, and Marco, of course, refuses. Like, I think he says, like, you're going to have to kill me if you don't want me to come on this mission. Um, Which is dark. Yep. (laughs) So concerned. Dark book. Yeah, me too. And then, like, before the mission the next day, um, Jake is saying, like, hey, you should tell them, like, what's going on? And Mark was like, I don't want to tell them. Like, I don't think it'll, like, make them, like, they, they'll they just pity me. Right. Like, I don't want them to think differently of me. And Jake's like, they all know something's up. Like, you haven't yeah. been joking. Like, you haven't been saying how worried you are that we're all going to die or, like, making yeah. fun of Rachel's terrible plans. Like, people already know something's wrong. Like, why don't you open up about it so we can talk through it? Mark yeah. is just like, nope. No, uh, no yeah. way. I was like, the, the Jake is framing it as, like, I don't really, it's not about them needing to know it's that it'll make you feel better to yeah. tell them yeah um but like marco refuses and basically everyone else thinks marco is just afraid of sharks and or water mm-hmm. um because i think earlier in the book rachel sort of called out the fact that marco was freaked out about the sharks so i think when they're about to acquire them he was like who's afraid of sharks and rachel's like uh you <laughs> That's who's like. <laughs> yeah yeah this also comes up there are a couple times where rachel pushes him and like 
normally we kind of see they have this joking rapport where they're like yeah. jokingly friendly 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 <laughs> they are picking on each other in a friendly yeah. way but there are a couple times in this book where rachel pushes and marco just collapses in on himself like blushes yeah. and looks away and like doesn't have a response and yeah. beats himself up because he doesn't have a comeback yeah like i think it's interesting because i think they're they're two people who like their their friendship is basically them antagonizing each yeah. other in like a funny way but there are times when both of them kind of push too far and then it gets like it's like uncomfortable it's way too real like way <laughs> but way they, too like, real but it's also like they understand each other like rachel gets that Marco is saying this because he's freaked out about sharks. And, yeah. like, I think I think everyone else has understood that also, but Rachel is okay with being the one to say, like, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and way back at the very start of this book, Marco has maybe the most observant intro for Rachel that we've seen from anybody but Cassie so far, where he talks about, like, you know, she is Xena, but way down deep underneath yeah. it, she's, like, terrified that she's not good enough oh. for herself and she's so insecure. It's like... Marco! Marco! Like, when it comes straight to the bone, my friend. Like, that's, <laughs> that's harsh, but yeah, it's true. It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he doesn't tell them anything again. Yep. They all they all morph sharks. This is um, the first time they've all morphed something, without, something new without Tobias hanging back to coach them and, yeah. like, call them out of it, which made me very worried. Yeah. Especially since as they're morphing, Marco is, like, on the stand, and he's like, oh, I cut my hand on a shell. Oh, I'm morphing into a shark. And I was like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> so, of course, once they all morph sharks, like, he's like, I smell blood in the water. Where is the thing that's bleeding? Where is it? I want to eat it. Because all the sharks are thinking about is what they're going to eat. Um, and he realizes, oh, that was my blood from my hand two seconds ago. My uh-huh. bad. <laughs> Which is horrifying. And all the, other, and all the other, uh, other animorphs are also like, where's the food? Where's the food? Yeah, they're um, very caught up in the shark mind, but that's enough to break them out of it, finally. Um, so, so they don't have a great first yeah. start. Yeah, great start <laughs> to the plan. Really sets the tone for how this is going to go. Um, so they don't really have a plan. Like, they haven't been able to do any recon, so that's really going to mess them up. They basically, they swim down to the lab. They start following the sharks. They're trying to decide, like, do we want to demorph to human and then morph flies and explore? Yeah. We don't know. But just then, like, an alarm sounds and a flood of hammerhead sharks yeah. swims past them, like, all heading to one place, and they're like, well, better follow them! <laughs> so even they follow them, and, like, the tunnel becomes a funnel, and it's getting smaller and smaller, and one of them even comments, like, this kind of feels like a meat processing plant, huh? Like, I hope we're not in any trouble here, huh, guys? Like, this is weird. And they're like, no, it's fine. And eventually they're swimming single file. Like, they can kind of see the sharks in front of them, but not much further. They're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, maybe we'll get fed. Maybe it's a treat. Maybe we'll go to a cool pen and, like, hang out with shark friends. And then they watch as a robot arm, a robot, (laughs) a robot arm grabs a shark and sticks a needle straight into the base of its skull. Also, it's, like, a whole, I guess, watery room full of sharks hung up, like, on hangers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Being like, like little, like, pants on a rack just being, like, pulled through this room. Like and a dry cleaner, like, rotating through. Yeah. yeah. And they're, like, being scanned, and it's, like, the sharks in front of them are just getting some kind of, like, like, they aren't having as intense a situation as the animorphs, where it's, like, the sharks in front of them, I think, are just getting, like, tagged. A little or... injection. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, it scans Cassie and, like, a, like, a screw, like, a drill comes out a little robot arm and goes into her head, which I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so all the Animorphs get drilled with something, and they're all trying to figure out what it is, and, like, they realize that, like, their little shark brains are suddenly, like, they're not thinking about only food. The shark brain is starting to think about, like, like, it, like, there's, like, a sensation of, like, I guess having just eaten or, like, that, like, satisfying, like, okay. Um, And then suddenly they realize the shark brain has started thinking about, like, other things besides eating, which is weird for a shark brain. But they're, like, wondering about the future, which is really, yeah. really unusual for something yeah. that's, like, that base level of intelligence. Yeah, and Cassie's like, oh, this isn't how sharks think. Sharks right. don't think in terms of, like, past, future, like, other things besides just food. Like, they are food finders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realize that the Yurks are, like, doing something with these sharks to make them smarter so they could be potential... Um, hosts, yeah. basically. Yeah, they're, like, messing with the ear canal structure, so they have a way to get in and out. Like, all kinds of shark surgery is happening on Moss here. Um, so yeah. they, they parse at this point, like, okay, they're going to use sharks to take over the Lyran planet because Lyran is an aquatic world. Yeah. Or, like, that's the Yerk's plan. Yeah. So, so there, there um... are two components to this, and they I think they figure this out at this point. There's not just the, like, intelligence yeah, got, like, injection, but there's also a... Like, a chip in their heads. Oh, they find this out in the most horrific way possible. Yeah. Because they're all like, okay, let's demorph. They morph oh back God. to human. Everything's fine. Right. Then they're like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll be flies. Yeah. So they start to they start to morph flies, and Marco's like, oh, something feels wrong. And then he sort of, like, turns to look at Rachel mid-morph, and uh. he literally, he, for, he sees this, like, um, implant that was put into their brains, like, through her head as she's morphing into a fly and it's not working. Ooh. So he has to yell at everyone to stop morphing because they will literally, like, Their just heads die. will explode, yeah. Yeah, which was horrific. Because, yeah. I mean, as, so- as soon as there was a drill, I was like, how do they get out of this situation if right. they just put something in their head? Um, but I didn't think of it affecting their morph. So I, I at first was like, is this something that's never going to come back? But it ends up, <laughs> it's up being, it's like, dealt yeah. with. Which um, is also, like... What happens if one of them has to get surgery? Like, I have a pin in my knee. What would happen? Like, would it just, like, any time you morph, like, you just have, like, a little plastic screw sticking out of yeah, your, like, doggy like, leg? Yeah, what I definitely... What about piercings? Like, if you have a cool, like, if you have a cool... Yeah. I was trying to come up with a cool piercing, and my brain got stuck on cheek piercing. So cool. If you have a cool <laughs> cheek piercing, like, are you just a dog with a cheek piercing? Yeah. Does that... Would it just fall out? Like... A lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of questions. We'll I deal with this in the future episode. Don't worry about don't it. Don't morph. Never morph. Morphing is the worst. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't um, do it. So they realize, like, okay, we can't morph anything too small because our brains will literally not be able to fit. And I, for, I guess their human brains aren't affected by this. Right. Implant. And Tobias is fine as a bird also. Yeah. But it's yeah, too they can upsetting tell, to think about. They can tell that for all the other sharks, like, it's a system to deliver, like, shark pain and shark reward. And, like, that's how they're controlling them. Yeah. So they figure out, like, okay, we should walk around the space and um, figure out what's going on. So we're going to split up. So Jake, Rachel, and Cassie are the distraction group. So basically they're just going to have to cause a ruckus. And Marco, Axe, and Tobias are the, are the like, attack squad. Team. Yeah. The attack the team bird squad. slash, like, the intelligence squad. Yeah, the mod squad. Yeah, so, so they, they want to try to find a computer system because Axe is very confident that he can yeah. shut down, like, destroy the implants once he gets access to an inferior your computer. <laughs> I really, like, once again, we get to see Axe being smug about Andalite tech versus yeah. Yerk tech. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sneaking around, and of course they 
like Marco has been scoping out every time they swam past the ship before. He kind of was scoping out what window he could see Visor One through. Um, and he hasn't explained to anyone why he's kept track of this, but he's like, "Oh, I think I think we should go this way, mm-hmm. which is towards where that office is, because theoretically the computer would be near there, but also he wants to like see what's going on." So um, he ends up having to like lie his way into her office and like basically say that he's also a controller um because the don't suspect anything weird happening on this base because it's underwater right um so no one questions why this guy this boy would be on the ship i guess yeah um, so i think they they fly into this office through a window as birds oh yeah um tobias has to coach them all into like no you idiots like take a tight landing like pulling your tail feathers like oh, how your did wings. i forget and they all nearly die and tobias is like y'all are bad at this like don't catch me on a bird mission with you anytime soon it's well, very like, cute. Axe, like, flies into a wall, and yeah. you're like, oh, is everyone okay? And Axe is like, I have harmed my bird body, but I am okay. <laughs> and Marco's like, I think I broke my tail. Oh. <laughs> Tobias is just, like, like sitting. Yeah. Tobias is, like, beautifully perched on, like, an office chair, I'm sure. So all oh. three of them morph human. Tobias is, like, cracking jokes about how bad human eyesight is, which is very yeah. cute. Um, Tobias and Axe, like duck out of sight and marco enters the office uh where his mom is and she's immediately like okay where are the other technicians Uh, marco not missing a beat is like viscer three killed them for messing up she's viscer one is like yeah that sounds like him doesn't it he would do that he would mess me up in this way i like that a lot of the end of the book is the kids using viscer one and viscer three's antagonism to their advantage okay this was great i want like a whole house of cards style political drama about just the two of them doing like your political machinations against each other machinations oh my god because it's so good i was also thinking like yurks are like the ultimate like equal opportunity employer they don't (laughs) care they don't care what gender or like species you are really as long as as long as you can get the job done yep (laughs) <laughs> and I, I admire that in their ruthlessness yeah. mm-hmm. like in some ways that's progressive very progressive yeah very progressive for an entire species of murderous slugs <laughs> so so yeah I, so Mr. one is just like oh of course Mr. three is screwing up i bet he's trying to undermine me oh yeah so he'll oh, look I missed, better i miss an important point which is as soon as like they're they're land and they're in this office they can hear the distraction happening outside and tobias is yep. like i hope they're okay i wonder what rachel morphed like what battle morph did she take on i'm like oh you got a big crush you bird boy <laughs> and then i think i think marco's like i bet like I bet if she could figure it out, she'd morph uh, elephant and grizzly at the same, <laughs> at the same time. time. Yeah, I was like, she would. <laughs> um, I also like that uh, Marco's like. Sometimes our plans kind of just seem like we're we're becoming a Three Stooges. Let me just explain. <laughs> what is this? Explain to yeah. <laughs> poor Axe. He doesn't know these references. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So Marco's facing down Visor One, and um, I like the detail that he. Her eyes are completely hard and yeah, cold. Like a shark's and, eyes. Yeah, like a, a shark's eyes. Yeah. Um, which at this point is kind of comforting to Marco because he was like, oh, like my mother never had eyes like that. So I have to choose to believe um, that that means that it was still her for at least, a, like, like, I didn't, I didn't not notice her change. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think at this point, even like he's sort of saying in his narration that he kind of knows that this is kind of delusional. It's, like, yeah, it, it's clearly not true like it was probably the the yurk choosing to appear normal but um there's some points towards the end of this book where marco is kind of trying to decide if he's going to pick the more comforting option or the 
probable truth. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I think he should take any opportunity to not feel terrible in the yeah. situation oh, to survive. Please, please, just something. Um, so I Mr. do like Mister One calls out that Marco is the biological son of yeah. her host body. Oh, He's like, are you having oh, trouble so... controlling your host? Like, I look, I understand the situation. Like, my own host is screaming in my head, but do you uh... see me having a problem? No. And Marco's just there, deadpan, like. Yes, I am having some difficulty, but <laughs> I will sort it out. In some ways, it's like you can kind of see how she is a better leader than Vister 3, though, because yeah. she's outright, like, she's she's trying to give advice in yeah. this horrible, like, yerk way where it's like, get it together, cadet. Like, right. you see, I understand that you may be having trouble now, but you need to ship, shape up because, like, to get ahead in this thing, you have to control your post or, like, uh-huh. But it's also so horrible because she just says, like, yeah, my host is screaming right now, but uh, do you see me flinching? Like, <laughs> um, I do like, sh- I, like, like my, my bright spot in this horrible part was uh, Visser 1 referring to Visser 3 as that clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was, like, oh. clinging to, like, oh, I love, I love that. Yeah. No more of this, like, horrible, like, like this horrible um, truth of Marco's mom, like screaming at the idea of her son being controlled. Let's just let's just get into the dirt. Like, give me all the hot gossip yeah. about the 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 visor, like inner power struggle. Yeah, the intervis struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she, so Marco is able to like BS this thing where like. He's basically implying that, like, oh, I think Visser 3 is undermining you. I think like the Andalite bandits are here. Like Visser 3 is on his way. Um, and Visceron's like, yeah, sounds right. <laughs> like, sounds plausible to me. Right. Um, so, so then she, she like, walks outside to deal with, like, oh, I'll go deal with the Andalite bandits. Yeah. Uh, I think he sees Visser 3 swimming yeah. into the facility as, like, a giant leviathan. Yeah. That yellow snake thing from a couple books ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was I the think. same one. You're totally right. It's one You're of them. You're totally right. And Is, also... The harpoon thing? Yeah. Or maybe. Uh, I think you're right, and it did come or up Or the before. Amazon snake. But something, one of those horrible alien snake morphs mm-hmm. he has. There's so... another another thing, a detail I really enjoyed is that there are hork in diving suits just, like, <gasps> swimming along with Visser 3. I missed that. That's I need amazing. to see them. I need to know how do you accommodate, like, yeah. that many knife blades in a little, like, bell diving suit. Who had to make these suits? Yeah. Who that? <laughs> Who got the commission for, like, hey, fun Halloween costume? <laughs> I want to watch a How It's Made on Portuguese swimsuits. <laughs> Me too. Oh my goodness. Um, so Mister Three's on his way. There's a they they can hear um like Rachel, uh, Jake, and Cassie fighting Corkbeard yeah. in the hallway. There's chaos. Um, Marco rejoins Tobias and Axe, who have commandeered like a fancy Yurk computer, 3D computer cube. Um, and Axe is kind of like, "Hey, should we go join the fight?" And and Marco like shuts off all of his emotions and like he even says in the narration something like i guess i realized you have to be ruthless sometimes yeah. in war which is like this horrible cold moment of like oh. oh marco's learning how to be a soldier in war like yeah. he's he's like he learned a lesson but it was a horrible lesson i don't want him to learn no and he's, um, he's kind of taken this role all along right like he's yeah been, he's been a strategist in the past he's been very pragmatic but i think you're right and this is the first time we get to see him state it out loud like yeah. okay it's destroyed before you can be destroyed like that's yeah. the only option that's what matters um especially with like he will do any of that in pursuit of his goal of saving yeah. his mom too which is like especially like, i think the other kids haven't gotten 
Yeah. They haven't changed themselves. Like, they, they're adapting to the situation, but they haven't... Like, I feel like Marco is the first one to really go to, like, a really dark, like, if I have to kill someone to get what I need, I might have to do it. Like, yeah. he's getting... Or, like, I might have to ignore my friend's possibly getting in trouble out there for the good of the mission so i guess i'll just have to do it mm -hmm. um and so because so he instead of getting up being worried about them or instead of like chasing after visser one to get his mom he's just like no we have to do this now this is what we have to do um which is useful for the mission but also horrific as someone reading this book who likes marco yeah <laughs> Um, so and... Ax thinks he can figure out if he destroys the whole facility, all the chips will liquidate and they can escape. Tobias, meanwhile, is like, hey, can we go help Rachel and the others? Yeah. Can we go help Rachel and the others? Let's hurry through this. We um, also find out, um, for sure that the Yurks are getting these sharks to bring to the Liren homeworld because right. apparently their invasion on Liren is not going well. <laughs> Duh. So that's good. That's good news. Um, cause they have like one Liren controller on the ship, but apparently all the other Lirens have been holding out and it's hard for the Yurks to get to them. Because they don't have underwater morphs in there, like, underwater. Um, which I think I was also thinking of them as that one Gungan from Star Wars 1 or whatever. <laughs> like, the fat one, not, yeah. um, the, the, like, the lead one. <laughs> now that I'm thinking well, now, about it. Now I'm seeing, um, King, King Zora from Ocarina of Time when he's just that fish, like, when he sits up on the wall and it takes him, like, <laughs> half an hour to inch away from you so you can go to Jabu Jabu's belly. I'll go find that gif, it's very good. <laughs> so that so that's what the sharks are there for and they yeah so they can just liquidate their chips if they destroy the base which is very convenient like, <laughs> convenient but sure i'll go with it because i don't want these kids to have these things in their heads yes. anymore um so ax so, sets it on a five minute countdown and yep. then they just they go they're like gonna go try to help their friends fight and then they're gonna have to morph real quick to get gills or get uh, drowned um so they run out they have to fight they kill a bunch of Bajir, and then it ends up being... They basically interrupt a showdown between Visser 1 and Visser 3. Yeah. Who are ignoring all the carnage. They're kind of ignoring the Andalite bandits, and they're just yelling at each other. It's very, <laughs> very good. I loved it. Yes, me too. I think Visser 3's opening salvo is like, Well, I see you've made a mess of things, Visser 1. <laughs> she fires back with, If you weren't an incompetent traitor, you'd have cleaned these vermin up by now. So then they just <laughs> scream at each other for a little bit. I think she also refers to the Andalite bandits as being like leftovers from Visser <laughs> from, from Visser 3's plan. Like, I think she's sort of implying, like, if you just hadn't been irresponsible and got that stupid morph, we wouldn't even be dealing with these Andalites right, right now. Right. <laughs> you should have gotten rid of them so we could move on with our plans. <laughs> you have not cleaned this up. Um, she doesn't seem very concerned about these Andalite bandits, no. but I guess she knows yeah, how right, badly... Yeah, they're fighting all around them, and she's just, like, standing there. And I wonder if also, like, because she knows she saved them before, if she's kind of counting on that to, like protect oh, her true. somehow um i was so, kind of assuming that um that maybe like for the rest of the yurks the bandits aren't really a big deal because they oh. think of the andalites as already losing that makes so, a good like, point too so like six andalites are not a big deal when they're right. already controlling this planet and it's just like visitor three should just get rid of them already that's right. basically why he's here like <laughs> i guess assuming it was like oh this is visitor three's main focus but the rest of the yurks kind of aren't focused which is part of how the animorphs are able to do anything mm -hmm. um, they're scrappy they're scrappy um, so, so in the middle of this standoff, like, the alarm starts blaring loudly, or I don't remember why they hadn't noticed it before, but it's like, yeah. imminent destruction! This facility will shut down in two minutes! Have a nice day! Yeah. 
<laughs> and at that point, Visor 3 is like, you better go turn off your computer if you can. These androids yeah. are devils with computers, you know? Ha, 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 ha. Ooh, yeah, I, I like that Visor 3 gets that last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So um, Visor and 1 off- sprints off towards the office, like yeah. back to the containment computer room. Um, and then all of the Animorphs kind of come together to fight Visor 3. Yeah. And Visor 3, of course, morphs this horrible snake monster and attempts to eat Axe. Not good. Not pleasant. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Rachel kind of, like, grabs him with her little grizzly paws, and he's, like, starting to ooze mm-hmm. snake blood or whatever. And I like that Visor 3 <laughs> says something like, I guess we have a negotiation here. <laughs> Like, he's like still I acknowledge, a- I acknowledge perhaps that you might have me at a slight disadvantage, but no problem. Like, maybe I'm oozing like banana smush <laughs> banana from my goo, yeah, from my snake body. But then, of course, they attack Visor Three, and um, Marco punches they him save- right in his big snaky nose, yeah. so they save Axe. Yeah, there is a horrible moment before Visor One runs off when the Lyran controller oh, yeah. is there. Because um, I, I had forgotten about the Lyran, and I, I kept being like, when is this going to show up? Because, like, they keep making a big deal out of the Lyran being psychic. And so Marco is in his um, gorilla morph, of course. Um, and Visser 1 is looking at Marco, I mean, in his morph, and the Lyran looks at him and says something like, that's not an Andalite. Um, but, and Visser 1 is like, yes, honey, it's a gorilla, like, well yeah. observed. Like, there's a moment where Marco is kind of like, oh, snap. But then, of course, Visor 3 plows in, yeah. right? <laughs> like, there's no more discussion, which was like, oh, this is, like, a good, like, terrifying, like, how much does this Lyran guy know? Is right. he Does he understand, like, does this thing understand what he, like, mentally saw right. from Marco? It's, like, unclear, and it's scary. Right. Um, and the Lyran survives. Like, the, yeah. the Lyran is still out there. Yeah. Um, and Visor 1 is running around, and they... Like, Visser 3 coughs up Axe, um, and the kids all, like, get ready to morph to leave. Well, Rachel, um, at this point, Rachel comes back with, I can't believe you didn't finish Visser 1 off when you had the chance, mm-hmm. Marco. Like, we're gonna have to go kill her and stop her yeah. from, like, the alarm stops going off, so they know they're gonna have to yeah. go, like, find a way to shut down the facility again. So Jake, Cassie, and Tobias are gonna start morphing, but Rachel and Axe have already sprinted off after Visser 1. So Jake takes Marco aside, like... Possibly as he's turning into a fish. Don't know. Yeah. Didn't want to read anything about morphing. There's a lot of bad morphs in this book that we just there's haven't talked about. But there's definitely like a schloop noise. When, oh yeah, um, schloop, like a, a... sleep, and slorp like all come <laughs> up. My trio of onomatopoeias. Yeah, I forget if it was the parrot beak or the dolphin. Oh, okay, the beak parrot beak. Out. The parrot beak is. Marco describes it like as if my face were made of silly putty and someone was pushing a fist through it from behind, no. which is again like a Beetlejuice waiting room mental image, no. right? Not pleasant. <laughs> so back to this moment of horrible tragedy, Jake takes him aside and is like, Marco, I trust you. Just do what's right. Forget mm-hmm. about what anybody thinks and just do what's right. And Marco's like, you can't say that to me. Like you're Jake. You always know what's right. I'm a comedian. All I know is what's funny and what's not. Marco. So he runs after Axe and Rachel, and I'm like, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to yeah, do? Like, your friends are trying to kill plan? your mom. Yeah. Um, and this was the point where I was reading where I was like, I can't remember if she survives this book or if they straight up kill her. Like, I cannot remember. Um, and, and I was even like, what if she tragically drowns in this book? That would oh. be awful. Um, 
But at this point, Rachel and Axe have basically cornered Visser One, and Axe earlier was saying something like, I would love to introduce Visser One to my tailblade! <laughs> or something where he's like, he's, he's being this little, like, Andalite cadet, yeah. like, um, He's being his self. warrior self. Um, so they basically corner Visser One, and Rachel's ready to kill her, like, she kind of smacks her around a little bit, um, and Marco yells at them to stop, and obviously Rachel's like, what are you doing? This is Visser One. Um, and Marco has to tell them that that's his mom. Um, and Rachel and Axe are still, like, they, they stop, but they're also sort of like, what do you want us to do? Like, we can't, we can't, like, what what, what should we do? Yeah. Um, Mr. One Marco... breaks the tension by um, pulling out a Draken beam at this point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, like, a point where I think Marco is gonna throw a chair either at her or like just sort of to surprise her and he said something like i like to this like even now i'm not sure if i meant to miss her when i threw the chair or not which i was like you definitely weren't definitely gonna throw a chair at your mom (laughs) like um and that ends up like shooting a hole into the wall it like cracks a bubble observatory window but which is the only barrier between this office and like the outside the ocean it's the only thing again again like axe said poorly made human plastic yeah only thing standing in between them and the ocean why do we do these things (laughs) (laughs) although he was trapped in a dome ship like he should like a dome ship is okay okay megan that was andalite plastic. That's clearly <laughs> superior. I can't even believe you would make that comparison. Yeah. Oh, what am I saying? That was superior andalite tech. <laughs> like, what? They probably just like... extrude plastic from, like, little <laughs> organisms that they breed specifically for that purpose. It's yeah, fine. so, like, an organic living... Yeah. Uh, you know what it is. Polymer. That's what andalites poop. Plastic. <gasps> <laughs> and they just recycle it in this very, very helpful way. Wow, we we cracked that we one. We solved the mystery, guys. We got our Nancy Drew badges and we can all go home. <laughs> so Oh, except we can't because this is the hardest like ten pages of the book. Yeah. I definitely put the book down when yeah. I was almost done because I was like, Oh, this is too much. Yeah. I need to look away. Um because Marco doesn't want to leave his mom to die, but also knows she's Visser One. And has to also has to morph into a shark. Right. So um, I think I think Visser One gets sucked out the window. Yeah, I, I had trouble like parsing the, this part. Yeah. Yeah. But like it was the like pressure the, pulls her out. Yeah, into the I think ocean. so because it wasn't like an easy like oh I'll just grab her. It was yeah. like I don't know where she is. If I swim out, I might be able to find her. I might not. So um, but there's no choice but to swim out. Yeah, Axe manages to like shut down the facility just in time. So like it's breaking to pieces. It's falling to pieces all around them as the pressure is crushing it. Um, they all manage to morph sharks. Um, Marco just starts attacking other sharks on his yeah. way out. He, like, totally lets go and is, like, yeah. eating anything he can see and smashing himself into it again and again uh, until Jake breaks him out of it. Um, but yeah. he does, he sees as he's swimming away, he sees, one, that the Lyran survived, two, yeah. that the Lyran is swimming towards Visser 1, his mom, but he doesn't yeah. see what happens there. Yeah. And also their little implant things liquefy, like he oh, yeah. feels it liquefy, yeah. which is yeah, unpleasant. Yeah, we don't have like nerves in our brains, I don't think. Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't I don't know how that works, but I don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, no, again. I'm fine. I'm happy. I will accept this. Yeah, so basically don't worry about it. They're yeah. gone. Um <laughs> And uh, as they're swimming up to the surface, Rachel is like, Wait, I hear something with my like yeah. cool shark ears. Like it sounds like the transparent sub, um, the one that we heard before that the visitor yeah. was coming in on. Do you hear that? 
Um, and and nobody else hears it. Like I think even Tobias is like, I don't hear anything. And Rachel's like, No, like over where I am, I hear something. Mm-hmm. And Marco can't decide if he wants to believe her or if he thinks that she's just kind of trying to say something to make him feel better. Yeah. And like he even says like like I thought like I privately thought spoke at her like thanks or something. And if she had said you're welcome, I would have known she was lying. But she didn't. She said. Um, something like, what do you, like, thanks that I noticed something that you didn't? Like, come on. <laughs> it's, like, I heard it. Um, and so it's unclear, like, if Visser One really did escape on some kind of ship with the Lyran, or if Rachel is just lying to say something nice to her friend, which, I don't know what, I don't know which I would rather believe either, because yeah. they're both sad. Um, but Marco has this point where he's, like, like, Jake is asking him, like, are you okay? Ugh. Um, and Marco goes through this, like, he's trying to figure out if he would rather choose to believe his mom has, like, like that Visser 1 has died and therefore his mom has died, which gives him closure, which is something that throughout this book he's been thinking about, how he doesn't really have closure right. for her death because she isn't dead and he can't talk about that with anyone. And he misses her, but it would make him feel a little better in some way to know that it's over for her, like she doesn't, doesn't have to suffer anymore. But on the other hand, he wants to hope that there's somehow a possibility that he could see her again as herself. Yeah, so they could talk again, so they could parse yeah. all of this, and so they could go back to being a normal family. And yeah, he says, yeah, so It's a hard, hard ending. There's a point where he says, see, it was my mom who taught me that the world was funny, and that, that's when I teared right up and had that to walk was... away for a minute. That was the part where I got, like, the most emotional in this book, because it was like, this has been what Marco's been trying to do the whole book, and it's like, oh, that was, like, he's trying to to do what she taught him, like, she was probably like him, like, Mm -hmm. you, it's like you said, like, it was like, I can see now who, she was probably a lot like Marco, like, that's how, and that's why his dad missed her so much, like, it was like, it all, it all makes sense in a way that I think I hadn't thought about who she probably was. And it's so sad. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. Uh... So this was a, a rough ending to this book. Yeah, although we do find out that, like, Jake asks, like, are you okay? Oh, yeah. And Marco, after going through this, dis- basically decides, like, he says to Jake, I'll be okay when she's free again. Yeah. Um. So we know what he chose to believe, because he even says, like, I could choose to believe that she's dead or I could choose not to. I have to figure out which reality I would rather live with. Mm-hmm. And that's what he decided to live with. And But we're also left with the knowledge that this is a Marco who's made up his mind that yeah. he will murder anyone who gets in his way. Yeah. And like, he is, he has lost his ruth if he ever had it. <laughs> he is ruthless. Marco has, like, become, like... Mm. <laughs> I'm so sad that Marco has, like, he's not become an adult, but he's become, like hard which yeah. is tough yeah because... it's like it's like in dragon age when you have to harden your characters and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. someone uh. made all the wrong choices for him and now looks at the world a little differently Marco. they're teens they're so young like yeah. some of them might have had birthdays by now some of them might be 14 but yeah wow uh. Like, this is that part where he's, where he's in his room being sad, and he oh says something like, Oh my god, he, like, like screams into young. his pillow. Yeah, he's like, I'm too young to have to deal with this. And his dad walks in, and he's like, Hi, Dad, I was just singing along <laughs> to some music. Oh. And his dad is like, Buddy, you know you can talk to me, right? Marco. So that was a fun book. Yeah, that was book 15. Um, <laughs> next up, okay, time to switch 
switch tone entirely because the next book, 16, is The Warning. It's a Jake book, and I'm pretty sure it's the one about internet crimes <gasps> and internet chat rooms. I'm so excited. Me <laughs> too. I don't remember. Like, it's entirely possible that it's a deeply tragic book that happens oh, yeah. to have some levity about, like, B-Ball 24, but mostly <laughs> I can't wait to read transcriptions of, like, AOL chat rooms. I'm so excited to find out what everyone's chat names are, because I did hear about B-Ball Fan 95, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a bright light. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked. So that will be our next book. Um, As an added quick programming note, though, Morph Club is moving to being updated every other Tuesday instead of every Tuesday, which has been our schedule so far. Um, we've been thinking about this for a little while, and we'd rather make it all the way through the series than burn out from going way too quickly for our schedules. Um, so we know a bunch of you are reading along, so hopefully that'll give you guys more time to read along with us, too. So we will see you on July 19th for our next episode. So until next time, you can chat with us on Twitter at MorphClubCast or using the hashtag MorphClubCast. You can also join our Facebook group, also called MorphClubCast. Um, and if you would like to rate us on iTunes, um, that, like, helps us get found by more people. Um, you can share the podcast, all that good stuff. Um, so, that has been book 15. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. Bye. Bye. Bye.